This is Made to Conquer, a podcast designed to inspire you to have a deep relationship with Jesus. Jesus told us to make every effort to enter through the narrow door so that when we stand before him, we hear the words, well done, my good and faithful servant. Hello, everyone. This is Tiana Showy, and welcome to the podcast, Made to Conquer, from the book of Romans, chapter 8, verse 27. For we know that we are more than conquerors through Christ. Thank you guys again for tuning in. I can't even begin to tell you how unbelievably honored I am and what a privilege it is that you would tune in and we get to share this time together. I've told the story many times. I'm not going to rehash it as to why I started this podcast, but I really had no expectation when I started this podcast, to be honest with you, of, of what it was going to be, how many people would tune in, none whatsoever. My only expectation was that I was being led by the Lord and ideally just being faithful, a good steward of what he's given me. I'm shocked, I guess is the best way to say it, at how much this podcast has grown. Over the past couple of weeks, this has far surpassed my other podcast, which has been around for twice as long. And I'm just blown away by how many of you are, are listening and supporting and and Again, my hope, my intent, my purpose is that you're growing in your walk with the Lord. So thank you guys. It really is such a humbling thing. And it's something I take very serious. I spend a lot of time praying for you guys. I spend a lot of time praying for this time. So thank you. Speaking of prayer, before I do a typical Tiana monologue, <laughs> let's start off by inviting the Lord into this conversation. And then I will go on to my typical Tiana monologue. <laughs> Heavenly Father, God, you are so good. You are such a good father to us, Lord. You are just like Psalm 23 says, you are just going before us and behind us. You are good shepherd. You are leading us and you love us. And we are the people of your pasture. And we just take delight in that Lord. In the Psalms, you tell us better is one day in the courts of a Lord than a thousand elsewhere, Lord. And we know that to be true. And we just cling on to that promise and just the hope that we have in you, Jesus. We are strangers and alien, aliens in this land, and we look forward to calling to going home with you. But until then, Lord, you have a purpose for us here on this planet. And Lord, we don't want to miss that. <laughs> we want to be so connected to you, so in the vine that we lose track of where we begin and you end or where we end and you begin. Father, we want to be faithful stewards with what you've given us. And so, Lord, we just invite you into this time. We just ask that you would open our hearts to hear what you have to say and that I would be a faithful steward as Peter teaches that anyone, let anyone who speaks, speak with the very words that God provides and let anyone who serves, serve with the strength that God provides so that Jesus, you may be praised. And that is just my request. Holy Spirit, I ask that you'd fill me, lead me, and that you would just be opening our ears, opening our hearts, opening our eyes to your precious word. We love you so much, Father. We are so grateful that you called us, you washed us, you redeemed us, and you filled us with your spirit. And Lord, we, we just long to take the narrow road and hear the words, well done, my good and faithful servant. Jesus, keep us, keep us safe. Keep us in your arms. Keep us on your path. Father, we pray this in your precious name. Amen. Well, thank you guys for, again, tuning in, as I said. 
So I like to give a little bit of an intro so you can kind of understand my thought process. You know, I spend a lot of time praying about these podcasts and I spend a lot of time asking the Lord, like, what do you want me to say? Where do you want us to go? And something that weighs heavy on my heart, and this is in part because I spend a little bit of time, as I've mentioned before, scrolling through TikTok. And again, I'm, I'm not pro- promoting it. If you are not on TikTok, don't get on TikTok. It is it's dangerous, dangerous place. I know a lot of you listeners uh, now have found me on TikTok, so thank you. But I think you can all agree that that it's a scary place on TikTok. You can find misinformation about anything on there. What I struggle with, but what TikTok allows me to see is it, it's the current. It's the current of culture for good or for bad. Right. And, 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 you know, what is, what is the Bible tells, you know, to the pure, all things are pure, but to those who defile and unbelieving, nothing is pure. But my point being this, that you you can find a little bit of everything on TikTok, and what I'm seeing in there, which I think is reflective to some degree of what's happening in our culture is what we were told was going to happen, which is the great falling away. It's called the apostasy. And that comes from a Greek word. And, we were told in the latter days, and, and this is mentioned in several places in the Bible, but one of the best places in the Bible to understand what we n- knew we should be expecting comes from the book of Second Timothy. And Paul just lets Timothy know in Second Timothy chapter three, you know, there will be terrible times in the last days. People will be lovers of themselves, lovers of money, boastful, proud, abusive, disobedient to their parents, ungrateful, unholy, without love, unforgiving, slanderous, without self-control, brutal, not lovers of good, treacherous, rash, conceited, lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God, having a form of godliness, but denying its power. Think about that just a minute. Have nothing to do with such people, Paul says to Timothy. And he says, for the time will come when people will not put up with sound doctrine. Instead, to suit their own desires, they will gather around themselves a great number of teachers to say what their itching ears want to hear. They will turn their ears away from the truth and turn aside to myths. But you keep your head in all situations. Endure hardship. Do the work of an evangelist. Just discharge all the duties of your ministry. So Paul is reminding Timothy, Timothy, listen, it's going to get bad out there. And of course, obviously this is a message from the Holy Spirit to us as well. So, you know, that is true for us. So when I see all these false teachings and believe me, they are, there's a plethora of them on TikTok and, and in the world in general, Facebook, Instagram churches, you know, these are, again, just, this is just a reflection of what's happening in society as a whole. It breaks my heart. I, I want to I want to get on and create videos, you know, teaching people the truth, contradicting these false teachers. But the Lord, He He's showing me as I just as I have this desire to do this. And to be honest with you guys, I've made a few TikTok videos that I've had to take down because the Holy Spirit said to me, I, I told you not to do that. <laughs> and what I did is I kind of found a video that was wrong. It wasn't pure heresy, but it was close. And I would be like, this is not true. <laughs> And the reason why specifically for me that the Holy Spirit told me not to make those videos, and there are people who should be doing that, is from that same passage in Timothy, Paul said to Timothy, God's servants shall not be quarrelsome. Here's what I've learned is that when you are in a right relationship with the Lord, when you are filled with his Holy Spirit, when when you have given him complete permission over your life and you spend time reading your Bible and praying through the stuff that God is speaking to you, which I'm going to elaborate on then the Holy Spirit will begin to teach you and he will work bad doctrine out of you. Because what I have come to find is that bad doctrine is really more of a heart issue. 
Just like Paul said in that second part of second, Tim or second Timothy chapter four that I just read, people will find teachers to, to, to tell them what they want to hear because their hearts are in a dangerous place. And so as I prayed about this and I just said, Lord, how do I combat, how, how do we combat all of this demonic? And that's what it is. Second Corinthians chapter 11, you know, Satan transforms into an angel of light and therefore his servants are angels of light. How do we combat these demonic teachings that are now permeating what would be considered mainstream Christianity? What the Lord showed me is that the, the way to correct bad doctrine is always to get people to examine their hearts. Because when your heart is fully surrendered to God, when you fully belong to him, then, then he has permission to correct your bad thinking about him. Then he, you, then he is the God of your heart. He sits on his rightful throne in your heart. And then you are in a place where you can, you can receive the correction and the rebuke. If you can't give God the place in your heart to correct you and rebuke you, it doesn't matter how much good teaching anybody provides for you. You're not ready to receive it. This is the parable of the seed in the soil where, where Jesus gives four separate types of soil. And only one of the types of soil was in a place where their heart was able to receive what God was sending to them. And so that is the topic of today's discussion podcast. So I want to talk about your heart. I want to talk about my heart. God is so good because he, he says to us, he says, ask and you will receive, seek and you will find, knock and the door will be open to you. And what I've come to realize at the heart of what Jesus is saying is, if you seek me with all your heart, you will find me and I will make you a new creation. I will rebirth you. The longer that I've been a Christian and, and, and the more that God has transformed my life, the more that I come to realize he is so incredibly powerful. And, and I said this in my last episode, that one of the biggest miracles that God has done for us is he's taken our, our hearts of stone and turned them into hearts of flesh. And as A.W. Tozer reminded me in his book, Paths to Power, this book is a book that I've been just deeply thinking about. I'd like to say ruminate. A lot of people say ruminate has a negative connotation, but I don't think it does. I like to think of it as just deeply thinking about something. As I ruminate on, on what's in this book, Tozer says a couple really profound things. He says, God cannot obey for you. God cannot repent for you. We have a role in this process of grace to play. And as I searched through the scripture and as I prepared for today, it, it goes back to the heart. God cannot force our hearts to surrender to him. We have to surrender our hearts to him, and then he can take that surrender and transform our hearts. He does the work, but we have to give him permission. And so in this, in this talk today, I just want to talk with you guys about your heart. I want to talk about how important it is to guard your heart what it looks like to surrender your heart and how, and, and how this is just such the central theme of, of the scripture. Let me tell you a story where God revealed something to me in my heart. <laughs> as I, as I began on, on, you know, my reconciliation with the Lord, the prodigal son returned home. The Lord, you know, took me and I, and I, I suppose he was preparing me for this and whatever else he has for me in the future. He kept taking me back to the parable of the talents. And it just, it was one of those, 
one of those things that when I read it, it I just knew that God was speaking to me in that moment. I'm sure you've had those where you open the Bible and like, there's something that jumps out at you and you're like, Lord, I hear you. (laughs) And so I started to study it and learn about it. And then the Holy Spirit would ask me every day for a solid year. He would ask me this question, Tiana, five talents or two. And just to give you some context for what that means in the parable of the talents, God tells a story or Jesus, you know, tells the story of a master who gives his servants according to their ability. And I've done it. God gave you gifts. Now go use them. That's what that podcast is about. So if you haven't listened to that, that's a, it's a good episode to give context to what I'm just saying. So he says to his, he says to his servants, I'm going to, I'm going to give you each according to your ability. I'm going to give you five pieces of gold or talents. I'm going to give you two pieces of gold. And I'm going to give you one piece of gold. And he goes away and he comes back And to the one that he gave five pieces of gold. That one turned those five pieces of gold into 10. He produced a crop. This is a, a recurring theme throughout the scripture. Jesus teaches this often in the parable of seed and sower, the one whose heart received the message produced a crop. Jesus said, I am the vine. You are the branches abide in me and I in you because apart from me, you can do nothing, but whoever is in me will produce a big crop. This is a recurring theme. So then the one he gave five to produced 10, the one he gave two to produced five. And the one he gave one to buried it and God, and Jesus goes on to call him a wicked servant. So the Holy spirit would say to me five talents or two. And for a year, I would say five, five, Lord, I, I want to do big things for your kingdom, right? Like I had this just desire to, to take what God had done in my life and produce the biggest crop possible. And every day, I, you know, the Holy Spirit would say, Tiana, five talents or two. And I would say, Lord, five. And every once in a while, he would say, well, you realize the responsibility that comes with five, right? And, and he would run people through my mind, like Billy Graham, Pastor Chuck Smith, other other leaders who had been given five and produced a crop of ten, right? And do you are you sure you want that responsibility? I say, yes, Lord, yes, yes. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. And then in 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 the Holy Spirit way, I just remember after about a year of going through that dialogue, every day the Holy Spirit would ask me that question. He one day I just had this realization, and this is how it works with the Holy Spirit. I've often had people say, how do you know God's talking to you? And that is a whole nother podcast for another day. But you just know something. It's, 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 there's no tangible way to say it other than you just know that, first of all, you are not that smart. <laughs> there are things that I know that God has given me that are like, there's no way this little noggin came up with it. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I am not that smart. <laughs> but it's also just this, it's, it's, it's something that, you just know was a revelation, right? In your spirit. And then all of a sudden, I just had this revelation and I understood. I understood two things at the same time. First of all, I understood it was my pride. It was an unhealthy place of me that said, I want five talents because I want to do big things for you. So God was revealing to me some pride I had. And and listen, (laughs) this is something he's got to keep in check with me because little Miss Personality over here has had no problem getting in front of a stage and making an audience for herself. And so I constantly have to pray, Father, may I decrease that you can increase because I need to be a vessel. I am not the the power behind this. I am the vessel. (laughs) And so that's something I have to keep myself in check with. But he also revealed to me what the real heart of the question was he was asking. And this was the real question that he was asking. And it took me a year for him to reveal to me that my pride was leading the answer and not 
the heart that God wanted me to have. The real question that he was asking me is, Tiana, will you say yes to me no matter what it is that I give you? Whoa. (laughs) See, it's not about whether God gives you five or two talents because the outcome belongs to the Lord. It's, will you say yes to whatever he gives you? Will you operate in the function that he has assigned you in the body, regardless of what it is, and just be faithful with what he's given you? And that was the heart of the question. And, and, and when he said five talents or two, I learned to say, yes, Lord, <laughs> not five, but yes, Lord. And he only asked me a few more times before I finally said, yes, Lord. And it was after that, that, that this podcast was born. And so I, I came to realize in that, that again, God is more concerned with my heart than, than me doing things for him. Because if I, if I have the wrong heart, then I'm going to miss what it's all about. When I was a teenager, I, I went through a really rough time moving to South Carolina. I, I may have touched on this to some degree in my podcast and my, when I talk about my testimony. It was really challenging coming from Southern California to South Carolina, a little tiny town in South Carolina. The, the culture was different. I was picked on and bullied a good bit in school. And I, I went through a really rebellious stage in that time. And in the middle of kind of that rebellious stage, Lifeline Missions, which was a ministry of Pastor Skip Isaac's church in Calvary Chapel, Albuquerque, had this, this thing where they got teenagers together. They would train us for a little over a week in, at the Bible College in California. And then we would go and spend about three, three and a half weeks in a foreign country. And then we would come back and spend a little less than a week in California debriefing. So it was about a five, I think a five-ish week, almost six-week program. And I did that uh, before my junior year. So from the end of my sophomore year into my junior year, and it radically transformed my life. I, 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 I so God did so much on that trip. And I just think about it all the time. Uh, one of the things that, he, that I, that changed my life was I read A.W. Tozer's book, The Pursuit of God. And I remember being on a disgusting bus in Mexico on my knees, weeping before the Lord. And immediately after I had that moment with God, there was a a wonderful godly woman named Anna. And I I think about her all the time. And she pulled me aside and she sat and she went over this passage with me. And she said, Tiana, I want this, you know, I want to share this with you as a passage to, to live your life by. And I felt like this was the perfect scripture to start this conversation off with, because as I just mentioned, this is the foundation and the cornerstone to walking with the Lord. So if you guys have your Bibles handy, turn with me to Proverbs chapter four, verse 23. If not, write this down and highlight this in your Bible. Make this, make this do, I'm doing for you what Anna did for me. Make this something that you memorize and it becomes a cornerstone of your life. Proverbs chapter four, verse 23, above all else, above all else, the most important thing you should do the top of your priority list, the thing that should take the most of your attention, guard your heart for everything you do flows from it. Above all else, guard your heart for everything you do flows from it. Now, here's the beautiful thing. Now we have four scriptures that tell us ways that we can guard our heart. Verse 24, keep your mouth free from perversity. Keep corrupt talk far from your lips. I'm going to break each of these down, but let me read the passage for you. Let your eyes look straight ahead. Fix your gaze directly before you. 
Give careful thought to the paths for your feet and be steadfast in all of your ways. Do not turn to the right or to the left, but keep your foot from evil. Above all else, guard your heart for everything you do flows from it. We're going to, that's what the entire topic of this podcast is going to be. Keep corrupt, keep your mouth free from perversity and keep corrupt talk from your lips. Luke chapter six, verse 43, Jesus tells us this, no good tree bears bad fruit, nor does a bad tree bear good fruit. Each tree is recognized by its own fruit. People do not pick figs from thorn bushes or grapes from briars. A good man brings good things out of the good stored up in his heart, and an evil man brings evil things out of the evil stored up in his heart. For the mouth speaks what the heart is full of. That was Luke chapter 6, verses 43 through 45. So that's why keeping our mouth full, free from perversity is important because when we allow perverse talk on our mouth, we have bad stored up in our heart and we're giving it, we're fertilizing it. We're giving it a place where we're continuing to feed that. Let your eyes look straight before you. Fix your gaze directly before you. Excuse me. Let, let your eyes look straight ahead and fix your gaze directly before you. Well, what does Hebrews tell us? Hebrews chapter 12. <laughs> Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us fix our eyes on Jesus, <laughs> the author and perfecter of our face, faith. So I, that, was my, that was my paraphrase, but let's read it from Hebrews chapter 12. Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles and let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us, fixing our eyes on Jesus, the pioneer and perfecter of our faith. Let your eyes look straight ahead of you. Fix your gaze directly before you. Keep your eyes on Jesus under all circumstances. Keep looking at him. Give careful thought to your paths and your, for your feet excuse me, give careful thoughts to the paths for your feet and be steadfast in all of your ways. Psalms chapter Psalm 119. I love Psalm 119. I, I could honestly, I could spend just hours ruminating on it, but let's go through this. Turn with you. If you have your Bibles, turn with me, if you will, to Psalm 119. We're going to go through the first first two letters, because if you know this, if you know how Psalm 119 is structured is each of the little sections is a letter in the Hebrew alphabet. So we're going to go through the first two letters. Blessed are those whose ways are blameless, who walk according to the law of the Lord. Blessed are those who keep his statutes and seek him with all their heart. There's that heart theme again. We're going to keep talking about they do no wrong, but follow his ways. So just to remind you what we're talking about here, we're talking about give careful thought to the paths for your feet and be steadfast in all your ways. Well, what does it tell us here? Blessed are those whose walks are, who, whose ways are blameless, who walk according to what? The law of the Lord. Blessed are those who keep his statutes and seek after him with all their heart. They do no wrong, but follow his ways. You have laid down precepts that are to be fully obeyed. 
Oh, that my ways were steadfast in obeying your decrees. Then I would not be put to shame when I consider all your commandments. I will praise you with an upright heart. I will learn your righteous laws. I will obey your decrees. Do not utterly forsake me. Verse nine, how can a young person stay on the path of purity? By living according to your word. Here's this obedience theme that this is how we know that we can walk and keep make steadfast ways for our feet is to be in obedience to the Lord. That's what this is teaching us. I seek you with all my heart. How do we, how are we obedient? We seek God with all our heart. Do not let me stray from your commands. I have hidden your word in my heart that I might not sin against you. Praise be to you, Lord. Teach me your decrees. With my lips, I recount all the laws that come from your mouth. I rejoice in following your statutes as one rejoices in great riches. I meditate on your precepts and consider your ways. I delight in your decrees. I will not neglect your word. So how do we give careful thought to the path for our feet and be steadfast in all our ways? We meditate on the word of God. We seek God. When I, when I read my Bible and I read something like this and I see something where you have laid down your precepts that are to be fully obeyed, I stop in these moments and I pray, Lord, teach me to fully obey you. Teach me what your precepts are. How do I praise you with an upright heart? Do not let me stray from your commands. Do you have any idea how often I pray this? Father, do not let me stray from your commands. Even Jesus said, when you pray, pray like this. Father, lead me not into temptation, but deliver me from evil. This is, this, is to, this is something that should be a cornerstone in our prayer life with the Lord. I have hidden your word in my heart that I might not sin against you. This is, I could do a whole podcast just on that sentence alone. I have hidden your word in my heart that I might not sin against you. This is why reading your, reading your Bible every day. And as Jesus said, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. This is why you need manna from heaven every single day. You are, your body is temporary. Your spirit is eternal. Do not spend, do not waste eternity's resources on temporary things. <laughs> to make yourself a true disciple of the Lord by dedicating, dedicating enough time in your day to him into his word that you can hide his word in your heart so we do not sin against him because again and we're going to keep going through passages of scripture where god is more interested in your heart god is more interested in your heart god is more interested in your heart he needs your heart you need a surrendered heart to to fully walk into everything that god has for you I pray through these all the time and I pray and I ask the Lord for this protection over me. He says, I am the good shepherd. He, he and, and Philippians tells us he who began a good work will be faithful to complete it. But as Tozer, as I quoted earlier with Tozer, God cannot obey for us and God cannot repent for us. We, we are responsible for those. I did an entire podcast about sin and I just want to remind you that you, 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 as long as you inhibit a body, will sin, but you are not a sinner if you have accepted Jesus into your life. You are a new creation in Christ. You are born again, filled with his spirit. You were once a sinner, dead in your ways before Christ, but now you are a new creation in Christ. That doesn't mean you won't sin, but you're not a sinner anymore. You are a saint. As Ephesians says, you are seated in heavenly places with Christ. Sin has no business in the life of a heart surrendered to God. That is exactly what, this is exactly what the Psalms are telling us. I have hidden your word in my heart that I may not sin against you. The longer that I'm a believer, 
the less that I want sin in my life. Tozer says it this way. He says that sin has usurped God's rightful place in our hearts. Mm, Think about that. When I sin, I use my free will to say, no, Lord, I'm going to choose gratifying my flesh over giving you and your Holy Spirit a place in my heart. In his book, How to Be Filled with the Holy Spirit, Tozer says it this way, you want to create a space in your heart and your soul where the Holy Spirit wants to dwell. This is why Jesus said, love the Lord your God with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength. That is actually, he's actually quoting the book of Deuteronomy. Deuteronomy chapter 30, verse 6. Excuse me, that's, that's um, the Lord will circumcise it. I got ahead of myself there. It's actually earlier on in Deuteronomy that Jesus is quoting that right after the Ten Commandments. It's, it's Deuteronomy chapter 6, verse 4. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your strength. When you are loving the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your strength, you give sin such a little place in your life because when do you have time to gratify the flesh? When do you have time to use your free will to violate that special place in the Lord? I want to encourage you to stop believing the lie that it is normal to have continual sin in your life as a Christian. This is what First John says. Anybody who continues to sin calls God a liar. Read the entire book of First John. Don't take my word for it. Again, this is why I spend so much time in scriptures. I want to encourage you to get in your Bibles and read this because this is how we learn. This is how the Holy Spirit teaches us. This is how we become disciples of his. That's what Christian means. We're a disciple of Christ. It's funny because as I pray about what 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 to share with you, how to encourage you in this podcast, the Lord says to me all the time, you first must become a student, <laughs> Tiana. <laughs> Stay in the position of always being a student of mine. Allow the word of God to continue to transform the way you think. That's what Romans chapter 12 tells us. Be renewed by, the, be transformed by the renewing of your mind. So going back to Proverbs 4, we just read through Psalm 119. Do not turn to the right or the left and keep your foot from evil. (laughs) Don't get distracted. Don't let the world and don't let the temporary and don't let things that are not as important as eternity prevent you from running your race. This is, again, Paul says to Timothy, no soldier gets involved in civilian affairs. Rather, he's interested in his commanding officer and pleasing his commanding officer. Don't turn to the right or to the left. So above all else, guard your heart. So with that in mind, and I know we've already gotten a lot of places. (laughs) Let's just recap on what we've talked about so far. Without a heart fully surrendered to God, we risk being led astray by false doctrines. Why? Because then our flesh, our flesh is doing the leading. Our flesh is doing the thinking, not God's Holy Spirit. False doctrines and false teachers have followers because there are people who are A, deceived, but B, 
they're most likely deceived because there's something in their heart they really don't want to surrender. They want to find a way around having to surrender. It's interesting. I've had, I've mentioned this before. I've had encounters multiple times a week for the past several months where God has divine appointments with me. I, I, I don't understand it, to be honest with you. I've, it's the, it, it's, it's a blessing. I'm not complaining at all. I, I'm just, it's, I just find myself in awe and humbled every day when God brings somebody to me that, that either needs to a believer who just needs to be encouraged to get right back on the right path with the Lord, or oftentimes non-believers who I've had the privilege of leading several people to the Lord or just sharing, sharing the gospel with them. It's such a privilege to me to be able to share the gospel with people in any form, be it encouraging a believer or, or sharing it to an, a non-believer. And I had another one of those divine appointments recently. I was uh, thought I was going out <laughs> to do something by myself, and God sent me somebody He wanted me to to talk to. And in this conversation, I, and you know, I'm, I, I do coaching on the side, as I've mentioned before, and so I listen. I listen to themes. I listen to stories people tell themselves. I listen to the words they use because that tells you a lot about somebody. And this person was telling me that they don't like authority and they don't trust authority. And later in the conversation, as I began to share the gospel, and and again, it's I don't share the gospel to as as this person said proselytize anybody because I don't I'm just sharing what Jesus did for me. It's just an authentic place. That's the beautiful thing about walking with the Lord is sharing the gospel isn't a thing you do, it's who you are. Your life is the gospel. <laughs> so just saying to people, my my light, my God is so good. He is so good to me. It's so natural when it is an outflowing and outpouring from what is happening inside of you. It's just I don't you don't have to try to evangelize. You just your life is an evangelistic message. That's the beauty of walking with the Lord. And so as I was just sharing with him my story, we started talking and, and this was a person who he has a tremendous amount of compassion for people. And, and, you know, I saw very much the, the love and the tenderness for the unwanted in society in this person. And I just said, you know, you have the same value system as Jesus. Why don't you follow him? And you know, as we talked through it and he shared with me, and I love that he was honest with me about why he doesn't truly follow Jesus. You know, again, it all goes back to, well, I do good things. And so I have to think that, you know, I've done enough good things that when I get to heaven, that's going to be enough. And the reason that that argument doesn't work and the reason that we have to have a heart surrendered to God is because the reason we need a savior, the reason we need Jesus is because we have a cancer in our soul. It's called sin. We are dying of a disease and the wages of sin is death. And the only way to be free from that disease is to surrender to the Lordship of Jesus so he can cleanse us and wash us with his blood. This is a free gift from God. We are saved by grace through faith in Jesus alone. But we have to surrender our hearts in order for us to truly accept the forgiveness of sin, our heart has to belong to Jesus. We have to be willing to allow his lordship in our lives. 
what was Satan's original sin? He didn't want to surrender to God. (laughs) Why do you think that that is the toxic? Do you not see how that is the toxic disease we're dying from is a lack of wanting to surrender to God. I remember this in my own struggle. I resisted the Lord so much. And I would hear him say to me, Tiana, why do you kick against the goads? There's an easier way to do this. (laughs) He used to say that to me all the time. There's a much easier way to do this. And I just, I'm one of the most stubborn people you have ever met. And I would just dig my heels in and I was going to do it my way and nobody was going to tell me how to do it. (laughs) Does does anybody else feel that way sometimes? I'm not alone. (laughs) And I used to resist this belief in obeying in God and, and giving him my heart because I thought in my own wicked, sinful way that I was giving up some sort of personal freedom or I was going to lose out or I, I believed the lie of hell. I believe the enemy. (laughs) That's what it boils down to. And what does the Bible tell us? It's God's kindness that leads us to repentance and through the kindness and the wooing of the Messiah of my savior. I said, you know what? What's going to hurt to just give him my heart? Like genuinely, really get off the throne, get sin off of the throne. Let Jesus take his rightful place back in my heart. What's it going to hurt to try it? (laughs) That's when I realized one of the most incredible spiritual truths in the scripture, which is found in the book of Galatians. And Paul spends the first four chapters in the book of Galatians telling the Galatians why they have been, he says, oh, you foolish Galatians. Why after starting in the spirit, are you now going back to the flesh? Why did you, you received a gospel of your life will be empowered and built on God's grace and the power of his Holy spirit. Why are you reverting back to works as your means for salvation? Why are you going back to the law? And he says, it is for freedom that Christ set you free. What does that mean? Freedom to be filled with his Holy Spirit, freedom to have him transform your heart, freedom to have the power to love people in a way that you cannot love people apart from God, freedom to serve people and change their lives through the power of Jesus, freedom to bring about goodness on this planet. Jesus said, when you pray, pray like this, Father, your kingdom come and your will be done on earth as it is in heaven, freedom to be agents of heaven on earth, freedom to bring light into the darkness, freedom to bring salt into the world, freedom to be disciples of Jesus. (laughs) I used to cling to my sin because I thought it was greater than what I was going to get by surrendering to God. I was a fool. I used to cling to my stubbornness because I was so frustrated by the fact that I had to surrender to receive. But what I didn't understand is that little meager bit of stubbornness that I was holding on to was holding me back from the ocean of life that God wanted to flood into my life through surrender, humility. (laughs) So I want to encourage you right now. I want you to stop and just check in in your heart. It's funny because as much as I think I do a good job with this, yesterday I was listening to an amazing podcast and it, it was from Christine Kane and she was reading the beginning of her book and she says, she was talking about how we can't drift. 
And this actually comes from the book of Hebrews, chapter 10, where we're told, you know, don't drift. Oh, excuse me, I, not, not chapter 10, it's uh, chapter 2. We must pay most careful attention, therefore, to what we have heard so that we do not drift away. And I was thinking to myself, I'm safe from drifting, I'm not drifting. And then the Holy Spirit's like, oh, really? <laughs> Pride comes before a fall. <laughs> and I realized then that this is, not, this, is, this is what it means to be a believer every day of our lives, we get up and, and we have to get our heart in check. We have to put ourselves in a position to hear what the Holy Spirit says. He who has ear, let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches. And it, it's, it, is, it is the thing that we are to do above all else. You know, in, in the book of Deuteronomy, chapter 30, verse 6. This was God's promise to the Israelites. He said, the Lord your God will circumcise your hearts and the hearts of your descendants so that you may love him with all your heart, with all your soul, and live. In Ezekiel chapter 11, verse 17, this is what the sovereign Lord says. I will gather you from the nations and bring you back from the countries where you have been scattered, and I will give you back the land of Israel again. He's, you know, Ezekiel was, was written after the exile. Chapter 18, or verse 18, they will return to it and remove all its vile images and detestable idols. I want to pause right there because part of the area that we have to keep in check in our hearts are idols. Idol is anything in our heart that has more influence and a bigger place in our lives than God. Anything. This is why Abraham is considered our father because when Abraham was given the most precious promise of his life, Isaac, and he was asked to lay that promise down on the altar, what did Abraham do? He did not have any other gods before him. The first commandment. And he laid Isaac down. That is who we are to model our faith after. There should be nothing in our lives that if God said, I need you to give this to me, that we would not do exactly what Abraham did and lay it down. That is why the first commandment is to not have any other gods. Idols are things that we create in our life that take a bigger place than the Lord. It's, it's funny because when I share with people, you know, read your Bible, read your Bible, read your Bible. I don't have time to read my Bible. Well, how much time do you spend on your phone and how much time do you spend watching TV? If you have time for those, you have time to read your Bible. <laughs> you don't not have time to read your Bible. Eternity is so much more significant than sitting down and unwinding for the day. And so what God is saying is that there's going to come a time when he is going to have the people return. And this is both symbolic and, and, and literal, right? They will return and remove all all its vile images and detestable idols. You're going to get rid of their idols. And listen to this. He says, I will give them an undivided heart. You cannot serve two masters. You will love one and hate the other. Therefore, store up for yourself treasures in heaven. I will give them an undivided heart and put a new spirit in them. I will remove from them their heart of stone and give them a heart of flesh. And then they will follow my decrees 
and be careful to keep my laws. They will be my people and I will be their God. But listen to this. This is his warning. But as for those whose hearts are devoted to their vile images and their detestable idols, I will bring down on their own heads what they have done. You guys, the heart, our hearts are the most important thing that we have to keep in check so we can make sure that God stays on the throne of our heart. <laughs> Later in Ezekiel, so that was Ezekiel chapter 11. Now Ezekiel chapter 36, God says this again. I think he means this, by the way. I think this is something he wants us to pay attention to. <laughs> I will sprinkle clean water on you. This is verse 25, 36, 25. I will sprinkle clean water on you and you will be clean. I will cleanse you from all of your impurities and from all your idols. I will give you a new heart and put a new spirit in you. I will remove from you your heart of stone and give you a heart of flesh. I will put my spirit in you and move you to follow my decrees and be careful to keep my laws. Then you will live in the land I gave your ancestors and you will be my people and I will be your God. Jesus did so much for us on the cross. He redeemed us. He washed us. He cleansed us. He gave us his righteousness. And he gave us the ability, as 1 Corinthians tells us, to be filled with his Holy Spirit. Don't you know that you yourselves are temples of the Holy Spirit? So that way, through the power of the Holy Spirit, our hearts could be transformed and we could follow God's laws. That's the whole purpose. So that begs to ask the question, what are God's laws, <laughs> right? Uh, there's, uh, again, more false teaching around this, and I'm not going to get into it. Because again, I believe that if you seek the Lord with all your heart, you will find him and that he will be your teacher. And that doesn't mean that good, good Bible teaching isn't important. Again, I'm an encourager, not a Bible teacher. There's a difference. <laughs> Go listen to a good Bible teacher and you'll know I'm no Bible teacher. <laughs> my job, my goal is to encourage you in your walk with the Lord, encourage you to get into the hands of Jesus, because I know the power that happens to a life surrendered to him. I know how powerful the Holy Spirit is. I believe in 110% in the ability for God to transform and do and keep his promises and complete the good work that he began in you, just like, just like he promised in Ezekiel, just like he promised in Deuteronomy. I know that power. And that's why I know that if, if I can, if I can just get you to give your heart to him or encourage you to give your heart to him and encourage you to get in the word and encourage you to create a private worship life and a prayer life with the Lord, I know the power that comes along with that. But one of the false teachings out there is, is that we're, we're still under, or going back to what my question was like, what is the law, right? It's funny because again, those masquerading as angels of light, Satan's servants masquerading as angels of light, want you to believe like what the Galatians believed is that you had to follow all of these rules. No, obedience to God is not about following rules. It is, but it's not. Allow me to explain. Obedience to God is about loving him so much that you're willing to do what he asks you to do at any time and loving other people so much that you're willing to serve them and think of them as more important than you. Become the servant of all. Jesus said this to his disciples in the book of Matthew. He says, the Gentiles lord over those that they're ruling, but that's not how it's supposed to be with you. You are supposed to become the servants of all. Obedience means that you have no other idols before the Lord. Obedience means that he is your God, that there is nothing that has more affection, adoration, time in your heart 
than him. Obedience means that you want to bring him glory in all that you do. So you keep corrupt talk from your lips. You don't harm other people. I mean, I don't have to go through the 10 commandments with you. Those, those are byproducts of loving people and loving God. It's not a set of rules and regulations. And if you want to dig into the word for yourself, I strongly suggest just sit and read the book of Galatians. That's what the entire book of Galatians is about. I love reading through entire passages of scripture, as I mentioned before, and I love reading through an entire New Testament book because they're, most of them are letters. So sit and read the book of Galatians to understand the difference between the law that God writes on our heart and the law that was our guardian before Jesus. That's, that's, you know, we had the rules that God said, okay, since my Holy Spirit is not in you, these are the rules you have to live by. So you don't do dumb things (laughs) because I love you and I want to keep you out of trouble, (laughs) right? Then the law that he writes on our heart is how to live in a way that honors him, how to live in a way to serve other people, how to live in a way where we bring glory to God, where we bring truth into the world. It's a law written in our heart. And I know when I'm being disobedient, you know, when you're being disobedient, we all do. (laughs) I have those moments. Hey, Tiana. Yeah. What you doing? Uh Uh-huh. What you talking to me? I did you say my name, Lord? No, he's not. You're not talking to me, Tiana. Yes. Mm -hmm. What are you doing? Uh, yeah. Hi, Lord. What are you doing? (laughs) We've all had those moments, (laughs) right? It's his kindness. That's, that's leading us. So I just want to go through a few more passages of scripture just to reiterate how important this is to the Lord because it's really important to him. When, you know, I remember being a young girl and and praying, Lord, I want to be like David, make me a woman after your own heart. And I've prayed that for years and years and years and years and years. And I think that 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 should be the heart, the cry of any, any believer, Lord, let me be your eyes and your hands and give me your mind and give me your heart for people. Allow me to see the world through the lens that you see the world and not through my broken human lens. Give me a heart like David, a heart after you. And when Samuel is going to anoint David, the story is really cool, by the way. I love this story. You know, Saul is Saul has made some mistakes. <laughs> He's been disobedient. He did exactly the opposite of what God told him to do. So God said to Samuel, hey, go tell Saul, I'm going to take the throne away from him and go appoint. Uh, I got one of Jesse's sons is going to be the one you appoint. So all of Jesse's sons line up except for David. David's out with the sheep. He's just the shepherd boy. <laughs> Just the shepherd boy who, by the way, spends all of his free time worshiping God, thinking about God, praising God, loving God, learning about God. You know, just that shepherd boy who happens to be one of the most prophetic people in the entire Bible because the vast majority of messianic prophecies from the Psalms are David's. So all of the brothers line up and Samuel sees the first brother and thinks this must be the one God wants for the king. And God's like, no, not that one. And he goes down the line. and, And this is what the Lord says to Samuel. This is 1 Samuel 16, verse 7. But the Lord said to Samuel, Do not consider his appearance or his height, for I have rejected him. The Lord does not look at the things people look at. People look at the outward appearance, but the Lord looks at the heart. Where else do we see this theme taught? Jesus, when he's rebuking the Pharisees, he says, You are whitewashed tombs. On the outside, you look one way, but on the inside, you're full of yuck and death. Second Chronicles chapter 16, 
Verse nine says it this way. For the eyes of the Lord range throughout the earth to strengthen those whose hearts are fully committed to him. Beginning to see a theme here. What do you think God's most concerned with? If you would said your heart, you're right. Again, because your heart, your heart is where his spirit dwells. Your heart is where the good or the bad is stored up. You know, I, Again, my, my, my entire intent, my heart behind this is to inspire you, to encourage you to give your heart fully surrender to the Lord so that you will have the wisdom and discernment to not be deceived. Deception is interesting because yes, deception means that you are not fully aware of the truth, but deception can, can oftentimes be revealed when we make seeking the truth and make seeking God a priority. In the book of Corinthians, 1 Corinthians chapter 12, we're told one of the gifts of the Holy Spirit is the discernment of spirits, being able to tell whether it's a, it's a, it's a Satan or one of his servants masquerading as an angel of light or whether it is truly God's spirit speaking in something. And the book of James says, if anybody lacks wisdom, they should ask because God will give it in abundance. When we are surrendered to the Lord, when we give our heart to him, we ask him for that wisdom. We ask him for that discernment. We are in a place to receive that from him. I don't want you to be deceived in these last days. I don't want you to miss out on what it means to walk with Jesus and, and live with the Holy Spirit leading and guiding you, writing his laws on your hearts. I don't want you to allow the deception of sin to keep you from obedience to him. We, we, in order to be discerning, we are told that we are, should judge a tree by its fruit. No, as, as I quoted before, no bad tree can produce good fruit and no good tree can produce bad fruit. What is the fruit that Galatians tells us? Again, that's why I encourage you to read the book of Galatians because there's just so much, so much packed into that about what life post the cross looks like. He says, the fruit of the spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. One of the easiest ways that you can tell that you're dealing with a false teacher or somebody who's leading you in the wrong direction is that A, they're leading you towards them instead of towards Jesus, and B, that they are not operating with love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. That's why Paul tells Timothy when in, in 2 Timothy that God's servants are not to be quarrelsome. He goes on to say, you know, don't, don't fight people over words. God, you know, God's servants aren't quarrelsome, but rather you should hope that you can teach them the truth and turn them away and get them out of the clutches of Satan. <laughs> it's pretty profound, you guys. Anybody who is preaching a doctrine or a teaching and doing so for, in a condescending manner is not doing it from this spirit. Opponents must be gently instructed in the hope that they will grant excuse me, in the hope that God will grant them repentance, leading to a knowledge of the truth, that they will come to their senses and escape from the trap of the devil who has taken them captive to do his will. That is the heart of a servant of God. Mm -hmm. 
be on guard against people who are coming from a condescending religious spirit that are not, you do not see the fruit of the Holy Spirit in their lives. And check yourself to see if you have the spirit, the fruit of the Holy Spirit in your life. I want to close with this psalm that I think is, it, this is a prayer of mine. <laughs> and I think this is the best way to wrap up what we've just talked about. Psalm 139. And I'm going to go through the whole psalm because this is just such a powerful psalm. I love the psalm. Psalm 139 from David, of course. You have searched me and know me, Lord. Excuse me. You have searched me, Lord, and you know me. God knows you, by the way. Even if you think you've got things hidden from you, he knows you. I used to try to hide things from God too. It was cute. (laughs) It's like your kid with chocolate all over their face. Did you eat that candy bar? No, (laughs) that's me. (laughs) You know, when I sit and when I rise, you perceive my thoughts from afar. You discern my going out and my lying down. You are familiar with all my ways. Before a word is on my tongue, you Lord know it completely. You hem in behind and before. You hem me in behind and before, and you lay your hand upon me. Such knowledge is too wonderful for me and too lofty for me to attain. Where can I go from your spirit? And where can I flee from your presence? If I go up to the heavens, you are there. And if I make my bed in the depths, you are there. If I rise on the wings of the dawn, if I settle on the far side of the sea, even there, your hand will guide me. Your right hand will hold me fast. If I say, surely the darkness will hide me and the light will become night around me, even the darkness will not be dark to you and the night will shine like day for darkness is as light to you. For you created my inmost being. You knit me together in my mother's womb. I will praise you because I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Your works are wonderful and I know that full well. My frame was not hidden from you when I was made in the secret place, when I was woven together in the depths of the earth. Your eyes saw my unformed body. All the days ordained for me were written in your book before one of them came to be. How precious to me are your thoughts, God. How vast is the sum of them. Were I to count them, they would outnumber the grains of sand. When I awake, I am still with you. If only you, God, would slay the wicked away from me, you who are bloodthirsty. They speak of you with evil intent. Your adversaries misuse your name. Do do I not hate those who hate you, Lord, and abhor those who are in rebellion against you? I have nothing but hatred for them. I count them my enemies. And this is, again, going back to what Paul was saying, have nothing to do with evil men who want to defame the name of God. That doesn't mean we don't evangelize to them, but we are not comrades with them. And then this is, this is, these last two verses are a prayer that I pray often, and I would encourage you to do the same. Search me, God, and know my heart. Search me, God, and know my heart. Test me and know my anxious thoughts. See if there's any offensive way in me and lead me to the way everlasting. If you pray those two verses regularly and you mean it, God will answer you and he will help you guard your heart. He will give you that new heart. He will pour his spirit into you. You will walk with wisdom and discernment, and you will have the relationship that Jesus bought for you on the cross with your King. Search me, O God, and know my heart. Test me and know my anxious thoughts. See if there's any offensive way in me and lead me to the way everlasting. Father, we just thank you. We thank you that you are 
God, you are seated on your throne and everything is under your feet. Lord, we know that when we open up our hearts and when we surrender to you, we know that you do great things with that surrender. We know that with a heart committed to you, you are able to transform hearts of stone into hearts of flesh. And Father, we just come now before you and we ask you to search us and to know us, to see if there's any offensive way in us and that you would lead us and guide us and do not allow us to have sin or anything in our lives that keeps us from you. Reveal to us areas in our lives where we have idols before you. Reveal to us areas in our lives where we have been deceived. Lord, you are King, you are Lord, and we honor you with our lives. We honor you with our hearts because we love you and we trust you. We trust you, Lord. We pray this in your name. Amen. Two other quick thoughts and then I'll let you go home. Oh, I'm so funny. I'm just kidding. <laughs> oh, is that, it's actually funny because this is a true story and I'm proud of myself for this. I, I was having a conversation with a friend yesterday and I just asked, you know, the coach in me, I'm such a pain in the butt to be a friend with these days. You know, what, what area in your life do you want to grow the most? And the person said to me, oh, nothing. I'm perfect. I said, okay, so comedy. <laughs> My jokes are just as bad for everybody else. <laughs> uh, but, you know, two, two other quick thoughts. The first thought is I, I want to remind you that God has not given us a spirit of fear. So many of the false teachers out there want you to operate in a place from fear. God is doing everything he can to get you into heaven. Remember that his heart and his desire is that you spend eternity with him. But he, there are things that he can't do. Only you can. Only you can choose to decide you want to repent and leave your life of sin behind that you want it ex- that you want to be cured of the disease of sin be set free for for it is for freedom he has set us free and that requires acknowledging your sin asking the lord to forgive you of your sin asking him to fill you with his holy spirit and asking him to lead you in the way everlasting so if you have not ever given your heart to the lord if you have resisted, if, if when I talk about, uh-uh, I am not going there with you, Lord, if that resonated with you and you know in your heart of hearts, you've never really surrendered your heart to the Lord, I would encourage you to do that. It is the single best and most important decision you will make in your life. Surrendering your heart and your life to the Lordship of Jesus will forever change not only your life here on earth, but your life in eternity. So if you've not done that, at the very end, I'm going to just say a quick prayer and I would invite you to join, join me on that because I cannot even begin to tell you what you're missing out on. It's so incredible. So please, please don't fight anymore. Quit, quit resisting, (laughs) surrender and, and know what it is to be plugged in to what you're truly created for, your truest, deepest purpose. Just like I read in Psalm 139, God created you. He designed you and his entire design and purpose for you was that you would have a relationship with him. Like like he did before the fall, Adam and God walked in the garden and they talked together. That's the restoration of things.
And lastly, part two, (laughs) I said two things. I am excited to say that supposedly by the time you hear this, this should be true. I ordered some hats, nothing fancy, just some basic hats that say made to conquer Romans 827 on them. I only got a handful. I, I wear hats all the time because I don't really care to do my hair, to be honest with you. (laughs) It's an easy way to not have to mess with my hair. (laughs) Is that athlete in me? I'm just going to go get dirty anyway when I go run or ride my bike. So why should I bother with my hair? But I did, I did order a handful. I'm not looking to make a profit on them. I'm just looking to uh, get some Christian merch out there. And ideally, I'd like to be able to do more with this. I don't know what that looks like. I pray about it all the time. I don't know where the Lord's going to lead. I've got a lot of different ideas. So my goal is just to build a small, you know, small little fund to to ideally fund more things like paying for this podcast, which again, I'm happy to pay for out of my pocket. It's not very expensive, but maybe create some workbooks, maybe do some retreats. Um, I'm going to start doing a live quick Bible encouragement on Thursday nights on TikTok. If you're not on TikTok, what I may do is find a different platform eventually to move it on to. I'm just kind of seeing where the Lord's going to lead in all of this. So if you are interested in a hat, stay tuned because I'm going to probably either put it on an Etsy store or put it on my website made to conquer podcast. So just stay tuned for that. I'm pretty excited about it because uh, rather than wearing all these other brands hats, I'm going to be wearing a brand, my favorite brand, the Holy Bible. (laughs) I'm kidding, of course. uh, But no, I'm not. I mean, it's, it's going to be Romans 827. It's awesome. So thank you guys again for tuning in. And if you, if you have not given your life to the Lord and what I just spoke to you, and shared with you and encouraged you and spoke to you at all, and, and you want to give your life to the Lord, then I, I want to invite you to uh, pray with me and reach out to me. If you, if you do pray this, uh, you can, you can email me on my website, made to conquer podcast.com that comes straight to my email, or you can message me on any social media platform. I, I do struggle to, f- to get back to messages on Facebook because I get all kinds of bizarro messages on there. So Instagram, TikTok my email are the best ways to message me because I would love to buy you a Bible. I, I it's one of my favorite things in the world to do is to uh, give away Bibles. As a matter of fact, I gave away my favorite Bible the other day, which was fantastic because I always like to start with a brand new Bible with no markings in it. Then I get to start over again and say, all right, Lord, now I'm not going to focus on the things I've already underlined teach me new things to see, but I would love to buy you a Bible and uh, help find somebody that can disciple you because having somebody to help encourage you in your walk apart from, you know, podcasts are great, but having a person in your life that you can learn from is, is very helpful. So I would love to be able to do that for you. So let's just close this in prayer for anybody who wants to give their life to Jesus. And, and I know what it is to truly be who God created you to be. And otherwise, thank you guys for tuning in. Let's pray. Heavenly father, I just lift up to you. Those that right now have been resisting what it is to follow you and give their hearts to you. And so, Lord, I just ask that right now in this moment, Lord, that you would show them how toxic sin is to our soul and how you have set us free from that toxic disease, free from having to live a life serving ourselves that never ends in gratification. We're always just hungry for the next thing because sin is death. But Jesus, you brought us life. So, Father, I just ask that you would Please take this sin and cleanse cleanse my brothers and sisters from their sin. Lord, I ask that in this moment that they would 
surrender their hearts to you and that you would fill them with their Holy Spirit. So if you want to repeat after me, say these words, Heavenly Father, I thank you that you are good. Jesus, I confess that I am a sinner in need of your salvation. I ask that you would please forgive me of my sins. And I ask that you would please now fill me with your Holy Spirit. Lord, I want to know what it means to follow you and to live according to your law. Lord, please change my heart, change my mind, change my soul, and teach me to follow you and to live in the way everlasting. I give you my heart, I give you my mind, I give you my soul, and I trust you, Jesus, from this day forward. Amen. I hope that uh, you prayed that prayer and meant it. Keep seeking Jesus. Reach out to me. Thank you for tuning in. You guys, be blessed. Read your Bibles. Love the Lord your God with all your heart. And I I am so looking forward to celebrating with all of you in heaven. Until next time, have a good one. Thank you for tuning in to this episode of Made to Conquer. Please be sure to subscribe, leave a review, and tell your friends and family anyone else you think would enjoy joining us on this journey of drawing closer to Jesus.